Happy Burns Night, Stephen. Burns. Uh, do you know I had never heard of Burns Night until uh, this very day? Oh, I don't know. I just thought Burns Night was a thing that you you didn't really pay much heed to, but it was a thing that happened. It's certainly a thing I've never paid any heed to because I had no idea. Like, it's it's celebrating this 18th which is the 1700s? Is it always the year before? So the 1700s is the 16th so, century? Uh, we are currently in the 21st century. So it's the one after. So like if you're, if you're the 1900s was the 20th century. Right. So I'm just going to take a, a guess here and say he's a really old poet. I'm not hmm. <laughs> Robert Burns. I don't have a doctorate in history. He, um, But yeah, people get together and basically drink the hole out of it and eat tag uh, eat haggis and let old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind let old acquaintance be forgot for our lang syne is that him that's him okay uh, i i was reading the one that they read most on on burns night is addressed to a haggis and i looked it up i'm going to send you a link to it it uh it's absolutely wild because they have like a translation from Scots English to normal English. It's it's that wild. Now, where do I go to find this? Oh, yeah. Chat. So you see on the left here, there's uh, addressed to a haggis written in Scots in uh, 1769, I think. And then on the right is <laughs> how, how normal people would understand it. Fair far, you're on a sunsy face. Great chieftain o' the puddin' race, aboon them aye tack your place, pint tripe or there. Yeah, it's a tough one. I I read a lot of Irving Welsh books, but I tell you, this dude has me bamboozled. But either way, happy Burns Night, and I guess to our number one listener, Andy Joyce, happy Burns Night also. Oh, don't wish Andy Bur, don't wish Andy a Burns Night. Why not? He's probably sitting there in his kilt, being all Scottish. Being all Scottish, having all the kids in the world. I had to, I had to look up what Burns's uh, political affiliation was because kind of like Ireland, uh, Scotland can be a real tinderpot at that. That's not the right phrase, tinderpot. I'm mixing tinder something up with melting pot. Either way, COVID's going mad, and it's also coming back in. They're reeling it back in. Yeah, like the 80s, it is back in fashion. Yeah, I'm sick of it now. I'm done with it. Uh, yeah. Do you know who else I'm done with? Go on. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Gowls. Yeah. No more girls in 21. I'm done with um, this sort of COVID deniery sh- shit. I mean, it's there. You know, stop spouting pseudo scientific bullshit to justify something as pathetic as not having to wear a mask you know there's people out there and they're fucking really suffering and it times are hard on on people just enduring i mean and do you know what i i even less i i don't have as big a problem with people who who buy into this stuff 
but people who are trying to fucking build a reputation around the thing. Smug cunts. What do you mean build a reputation around You know, it? like, there are people out there who are kind of trying to make themselves politically relevant or trying to gain attention from denying COVID. And I just think when people are suffering as much as they are going through this, it's a bit like, just fuck off. Cop the fuck on. Yeah, like like people are grandstanding in in hopes that they will have um, a platform and a career when all this is over. Yeah, and I I don't, I, I really don't like that. I mean, I don't know, I, I had a certain tolerance. I mean, like, you know, do whatever you want. But I just, I don't know, recently, when you're seeing the number of deaths and stuff going up, I'm kind of like, eh, fuck right off now. But do you know what? I um, I was looking at death numbers today, and it's this thing they're calling, you know, the seven-day average of, basically the average of, of, of all the cases in that week. And at the peak, kind of in the last couple of, of weeks, our seven-day average has been, say, above 6,000. Like, today, like you told me just before we started recording, there was uh, 1,372 cases on today, Monday. But, say, the seven-day average before this week was up to over 6,000. And I thought, okay, well, what was it like in waves one and two? Can I get a comparison of where we're at? And in wave two, there was just over a 1,000 uh, on the seven day average and in wave one there was under a thousand on the seven day average so like this wave is significantly worse it is significant i mean like it's probably worse with both the fact that the cold weather is here as well as everything mm-hmm. else so it's probably was going to be worse at this time of year anyway and then it was just exasperated by i suppose the fact that everyone needed the relief of christmas and then as well, these other strains of the virus, which it sounds like they, they just make it easier to catch it. Speaking of the other strains of the virus, it just stuck, it struck me as the most, um, the Brits are at it again thing I've seen of late is that BJ over there has said that the new UK strain of the coronavirus has a higher mortality rate than any strain so far. Yeah, because he because he ended up killing them all over there. Oh, well, maybe maybe then that's a that's a fair excuse to try and get himself out of hot water. But it's just it really puts into context the definition of the word relentless. It it feels so relevant. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought when we were getting vaccines that to be able to do it quicker. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I read somewhere that we can get deliveries of, of up to 600,000. I don't know if that's a month or across a couple of months. We can get that. But Canada seems to be getting fuck all vaccines. They're getting 500,000 vaccines between here and April, which considering the size of them is is shit all. In where? Canada? Canada, yeah. Canada's population isn't isn't mad savage. Well, compared to Ireland. What is Canada's population? Down to the nearest 10 people. Let's ask Siri. Hey Siri, how many people are in Canada? As of 2020, okay, two Siri's answered at the same time there, so I think that's going to be audio poison. But she said um, uh, 37, almost 38 million. Which, yeah, I mean, 
It's a little over half of the United Kingdom. Fuck off. Hmm. In Canada. Canada. Siri, how many people are in Britain? <laughs> Shit, there's almost 70 million in the UK. Yeah. That is some densely populated shit. So, yeah, Canada is, is considerably smaller it's, uh, in terms of population. But there's so much of it that is vastly unpopulated. Okay, okay, that makes sense then. Wow, I thought there was way more people in Canada. Yeah, I got I got that gist of what, from what you were saying on, right? That you, you yeah. were... Speaking of, of the numbers going wild, and I guess by your theory, maybe with me as well, uh, I, I was looking up kind of stats and stuff on COVID and how many people have died. And at present, 2.1 million who've died from COVID or COVID-related deaths. 2.1 million? Yes. So I thought, okay, that's a real scary number. What's that like in context of other pandemics we, we've had to kind of either make myself feel a little bit better or a little bit more scared about it so for context uh, the Spanish flu in 1917 killed 50 million people in two years so we're nowhere near Spanish flu level the swine flu oh Jesus what was that like five years ago ten years ago mm. in a year it only killed 284,000 I say only Jesus that's callous but in comparison to two million yeah. we're significantly worse than that but I, I know one fellow who had one of them and he, he God, he got very sick altogether yeah well they do a number on you you know it's it's uh, that's why they're so scary mm. uh, SARS only had 774 deaths and only ever had 8,000 confirmed cases and you remember how freaked out people were over SARS? Yeah. The big one I didn't really know about. Well, there was two big ones I didn't hugely know about. The Hong Kong flu in 1968 and 69, within a year, killed four million people. I'd heard of the Hong Kong flu, all right. And I mean, that's... And I knew it had killed a, a heap of people. That's pretty much... The, I mean, that's worse already than COVID. So th- that's something that w- within memorable lifetime... There's that. And, and like 10 years before that, the 1957 influenza pandemic, again, 4 million people killed. The Irish potato famine killed 1 million people in four years. Uh, those last two, by the way, the 1957 and the 1968 was 4 million within one year. But the big one spanning eight years was the Black Death or the bubonic plague that killed somewhere between 70 and 200 million people. Uh, within eight years. Yeah, did you know that they people were blaming cats for that? Go on. And so people were killing cats and stuff. But in fact, it was because of insects that were carried on mice and rats. So they were actually making the situation worse by killing the cats. Ah. So they actually exacerbated it by mis- misguided belief. I did hear something similar to that when I was in Edinburgh... Uh, last year, the year before, yes, uh, on Burton's night. That's not a Scottish accent. I don't know why I said it that way. I went to do a tour of Queen Mary's Close, uh, which was like a an old building that Queen, was far away. Yeah, <laughs> this Queen. Sta- I can't remember which Queen it was. Uh, stayed in it before she was put. She was brought back to England and put to death. And they were talking about that'd be Mary. I guess. I guess that's what they call it, Queen Mary's Close. And 
I yeah they were talking about the plague because th- that was kind of around the time and they were talking about all these rats and stuff and, and just that that people were so clueless like like we are now but, but didn't have obviously the benefits of fucking Siri or Google <laughs> but, or uh, Twitter <laughs> or Twitter that it, it, one thing that fascinated me was plague masks because even though plague masks worked they didn't work for the reason they thought they did. So they mm. kind of accidentally got it right with them. Why did they think they were wearing plague masks? That one I can't quite remember. I, I think they believed it was spread like aerosol. And so they were covering their, their faces. But the the big garbs they wore stopped the ticks and stuff from biting them. So it wasn't spread. Oh. I could have that arseways, but... If I do, someone write in who knows more than me and let me know. But it it was something like that. Did you know Canada became a country partially because the Irish kept attacking it? No. Yeah. Go on. The Fenian raids of the 1860s. Basically, after the American Civil War, there was large groups of Irishmen who who wanted wanted an independent Ireland. Uh Uh-huh. And... They had military experience and they did, kind of didn't really know how what to aim, how to go about it. So they kept on attacking Canada. <laughs> and Canada wasn't a country at that time. It was, it was kind of like a series of states or something. Yeah. And, and they united. They were kind of forced into uniting to make a country. And they became a country in 1867 as a result of the Fenian raids. Wow. Hmm. Well, you heard it first, Canada. You're welcome. Yeah. Also, 1867 is incredibly recent. Yeah. I think it it was like a series of dominions, I think. Hmm. It was rather than states or what, you know. It was just, um, there were, you know, you'd have had Ottawa and, I don't know, I'm, my geography of Canada is pretty shocking. Yeah, you've got uh, Ottawa, Ontario, oh shit, oh, Quebec. <laughs> And the rest of them. <laughs> and the and the rest of them, yeah. I, I've been to Ontario and I've been to Quebec. Newfoundland. Newfoundland, there you go. Where they have Irish accents. Mm. There's little towns there where you can... They're, they're like relatively untouched for, since the, the first settlers and they're just... They've got the thickest Irish accents. It, it's absolutely yeah, ridiculous. I, I'd recommend anyone to, uh, to go to go look them up on YouTube. They're insane. Newfoundland. Um, Which is a shit name for a, it's, you know, what are you going to call this country, Isaac? Oh, well, we just found it, so I guess it's Newfoundland, eh? Did you ever see the the Mitchell and Webb look? A bit of it. Did you ever see the bit about where they were naming places? No. The, so the, they'd arrive, and it's like, um, like they'd arrive down in New South Wales, and they were like, the captain get off and was like, do you know what this reminds me of? Wales. I was like, oh, not North Wales. South Wales. I think we'll call it New South Wales. This is completely off topic. And, and I will bring it back to COVID in a second. But just since you brought up Mitchell and Webb, they kind of seem to be the last of a a really strong Cambridge Footlights tradition where... People would go on and, and form partnerships in Cambridge at the Footlights and get their own TV shows afterwards, basically. Were they uh, Cambridge Footlights or were they were they Oxford? 
No, they were they were footlights. I I believe Mitchell was the head of the footlights. Mm. Yeah, they that that whole thing kind of went to well. In fairness, I mean, God, the quality of quality of comedy on BBC is chronic. Yeah, I mean it. It's like they they decided to come back to RT standards rather than RT lifting to their standards. Um. Yeah, it's true. And, and like in drama, like when RTE and the BBC combine, they can do good shit. Like the Dublin Murders was good. I never watched it. Was it good? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't read the books it's based on now, but as a show, it was it was really really well made. I really enjoyed it, and the cast was great. It's always good to see Tom Vaughan Lawler in just anything. But um, but Jesus, between the two of them. They can't do a fucking comedy at all. Like, what um, do they have to their name? Bloody Young Offenders and Mrs. Brown's Boys, like. I didn't mind the Young Offenders. Well, I never watched the show. I watched the film and I thought it was all right. The um, film was brilliant, but the show has dragged the fucking hole out of it. So I never watched the show, so I couldn't really comment on that. But I I just, I don't know, there's just the general standard of comedy. The Fast Show was brilliant and Harry Enfield and mm-hmm. like there had, had been up until relatively recently decent enough standard. Do you see that MASH report? I I don't think I've ever seen something make it to national television quite as shit as that. I haven't. I was only watching Nish Kumar on Graham Norton uh, over dinner today and I was just thinking, Jesus, I have no fucking idea what he's from. And he started talking about his MASH report. He himself, I don't like him uh, as a comedian. I just think he's... I know he's just fucking there laughing at himself, trying to espouse political rhetoric. It's not, it's, it's, it's like I just don't find him at all funny. Yeah, I don't get the appeal of of his like if you know. And there's there's political comedy that is funny, and you can look to America for that with um with like the Daily Show and uh, Steve Colbert and. Your man, the English fellow, what's his name? Um, John Oliver. I love John him. Oliver, who's who's excellent, and that's yeah. really good political humor. What they're doing in in Britain is so paltry in comparison. Um, I mean, that match report was just so bad, and there is it, it. It was sort of like on Twitter. There seems to be this sort of there. It, it seemed to be kind of Twitter humor. Of right. of kind of oh I'll be a little bit I'll be a little bit sarky and pass it off and pretend that it's humor, and it's like it's not humor. That's not humor. That's just pathetic. I know what you mean now because I haven't seen it. I can't really. I can't really kind of. But you can appreciate what I mean with on Twitter. People do that. And Absolutely. I just, and I it it annoys me because it's so. It's like a cop out. Because I'd be serious. Um, be serious or be funny, but don't fucking fall between two stools of trying to disengage with a point you want to make by trying to disarm anyone who wants to take you up on your stupid point by pretending that you're being funny. Okay, we we uh, we diss people a lot on the show, so I think this would be a good opportunity to go, is there someone in the UK and Ireland... That they could give a show to that would be really good. Yes. Who? Don't say you. Liam Williams. Okay. Who's he when he's at home? 
English comedian. Think he, I think he would he would come out with something pretty decent. I think um, I think your man the uh, Marcel Lecomte. I think he's he's imaginative, and I think give. See the problem is there's lots of actually really talented people out there, mm. and lots of them are on television as well. But I think the bureaucracy of going through television executives and producers generally waters down what could be produced so so much that it's just like Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle was excellent really good tv show that was a really good recent tv show and i mean i think they cancelled him yeah uh and left left on the other crap you know and i mean i don't even have much of a problem with mock the week it's just a tired it's just a tired format at this point. Well, I think we've kind of reached critical mass with panel shows. Like I, I think yeah, two I think so. comedy vehicles exist for people. There's the panel show where they just condense every fucking comedian into it, whether they have chemistry together or not, or they just pick one comedian and say, "Oh, you can do stuff live. Why don't you do a sitcom where you have some imaginary children and a wife, and let's just do your life like that guy, British West Indian comedian." Ragnesh, is oh, that his name? I'm I'm not sure. But he he plays like a pub landlord, I think, and it's just yeah. Here's do do this show, do this fucking Mrs. Brown's Boys thing, basically, and and that's that's all that's being put out. No one's doing something like like Frankie Boyle's Tramadol Nights. Even though I wasn't a huge fan, mm. it was wild and it was different. Mighty Boosh again, not a fan, but people were taking big chances there. But people Ch- were taking four, I guess. Yeah, people were taking. I mean, the mighty Bush, I liked it. It didn't. Uh, I kind of. I enjoyed it. It was a bit mad. It wasn't really for me. It felt too sort of. There, there's a lot of a lot of kind of. Um, <laughs> look how zany we are to it. Almost contrived. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean? But but it was pretty. You know, it was pretty. All right, like at least I kind of appreciated what was happening with it, but yeah, no, I think I, I definitely think something is wrong in the mix-up. Absolutely, and they could definitely, definitely produce something better. Yeah, actually, Liam Williams, he he did comedy bites on Channel Four, which are like you know, kind of a five-minute show kind of thing, mm. and it was quite good. I'd watch it. Well, anyone who's a executive producer at the BBC, give Liam Williams a show. Yeah. Uh, but I guess give I, that we, man a show. <laughs> give that man a show. I guess I should ask you before uh, we run out of time. How are your sprints going? They're not. They're not. You're still tired and and wankered from well, the Christmas just, lethargy. It's not even tired and wankered. It's just it's still freezing. It was snowing. Couldn't really go running with with. On ice, and having that going into my lungs, so I just, I haven't. I've been doing, been out for walks and stuff, all right. But I've been doing, um, been doing some balancing lately. What? Balancing. But what? 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 What does that entail? Um, like I have a balancing board, and I stand on it and try to find my, find my core, I guess. Right, okay, so it's like a, yeah, okay. 
I reckon when the summer comes and I go to get up on my stand-up pedal board, if I do this bit, these little, this little bit of training, you'd be brilliant. Um, I my yeah, I'd be a lot better than I was on it. So I figure I, I've been doing that. Uh, my hip hurts from it, which I'm guessing is because I'm quite maybe misaligned because of my um, fallen arches or something. But sitting at a desk all day. No, just from like I have flat feet, so it would misalign your kind of okay. Your back and everything suffer from it. That's possible. Well, that's a good way to 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 counterbalance that. Mm. Uh, is it fun? Do you know what? It, like, if I'm in a meeting whereby I don't really have to contribute, but I need to listen, it's actually very good because <laughs> because it sort of keep you know, like I'd be edgy as fuck or distracted. Whereas if I'm just standing yeah. there on my balance board. I can kind of focus on the thing. That's brilliant. Mm. So it it doubles down, has two beneficial. It keeps me kind of focused on what I'm meant to be doing. And can you uh, can you feel it in your core? Like you, you won't, you don't, you know. It's it's more just you can feel yourself getting better at balancing. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like you come out with 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 a six pack from standing on the thing. It's it, instead, it's just you. You, your balance starts to improve. Cool. Maybe yeah. you can start skateboarding then when the good weather comes in. Yeah, cowabunga. With your dope-ass new balancing. Right, one last thing before we go. Um, a, a health binge public service announcement. I saw today that there's a vaccine phone scam going around. Oh. And basically, it's, it's happening mostly in Cork, it seems, that a lot of old people are seemingly getting a phone call from someone pretending to book them in for an appointment for a COVID vaccine at this hospital that just isn't local to them. They'll pick a hospital that's further away from them. So when the person says that they can't travel, they Mm. ask the old person for their age, their address, if they live alone or not. And then the caller offers to come out to visit the, the older person. Now, there's been no confirmation of what happens when that does. I assume they're lining up some robberies or something like that. Yeah. You'd want to be a right dickhead to... Um, Prey on older people like that. Yeah, and to do, to do so, so... Like, you know, it's one thing to be... Like, maybe somebody who's in such desperation that they they just do something out, you know, out of... But to, to go to the trouble of planning to be such an evil bastard, I don't know. It's terrible. It is. So anyone who has a granny or a granddad or an older auntie, uh, let them know if someone calls you and you don't know them, don't <laughs> don't invite them to your house to give you a shot. Is there any more? Yeah, no, I couldn't. I'm just checking here to see. Is there any update? Because uh, for people listening, we are on on a Monday and there's meant to be a an announcement or some jazz. Yeah, the, the cabinet are meeting to talk about stricter travel restrictions not necessarily in county though that may be the heightened powers for guards for stopping people but it's mostly around testing for people coming in from abroad and travel restrictions for people who are coming into ireland from outside ireland i can't see them putting in restrictions because they seem to have just been 
ma- massive quivering pussies as far as stopping travel has has gone and martin especially said today there's no way they can stop a border at the north so it'll be interesting to see what they do come out with yeah and i i was hoping they'd at least give us a kind of a we're going to take a look at this all again on this particular date so we could kind of go oh maybe they'll lift them that date yeah so no there's seemingly restrictions now we're in possibly till april well they said they said um they said march but they haven't they haven't actually made an an announcement on it i really wish they would i wish they would because just so we at least have an idea of what, what we're talking here like yeah not known as a bastard. Not known as a bastard, because I'd love to, I'd love to be able to make plans. Mm. Anyway, Adam, fuck off. Happy Burns Night. Burn on your math for having you.